international anthem. A record label embodied by community. A community of artists, musicians, and cultural producers dedicated to their craft. Born in Chicago and proudly sprouting from the city's creative musical traditions, the community has grown into a global network of like-minded contributors true to the label's name. I'm Ayana Contreras, and in this program, we'll be diving deep into the albums of International Anthem in conversation with the creators, coloring the context, sharing the more intimate stories, and celebrating the humanity that's inherent in what you hear. Stay tuned. Conservatory Vintage and Vinyl is a destination specializing in rare, pre-owned, and new vinyl records, plus premium mid-century modern furniture and home decor. We're the only shop of this kind located south of Chicago and neighboring south suburbs. A unique shop for vinyl record and home decor collectors and enthusiasts. and this is the International Anthem Podcast. Jeff Parker's latest album, Four Folks, offers listeners a rare opportunity to experience the enigmatic guitarist solo. Recently, I had the chance to sit down with Parker and talk to him about his latest album at Dorian's Behind the Record Shop, a record store and club located in Chicago. Our conversation was taped in front of an audience. Hi, everybody. So that's Jeff Parker. <laughs> and I'm Ayana Contreras, and I host the. Oh, the Try the veal. I host the International Anthem Podcast, among some other things here in town. Thank you for the owl. I was, I don't, whatever that's for, I, I, I accept the owl. Yay! I also produced that podcast. I'll tell you what. Yeah, man. Um, so this is actually a taping for said podcast. So don't be loud and rude, please. That wasn't directed towards anybody in particular. <laughs> I, that's just a preemptive strike. You feel me? Like, because I don't want to have to t call you out in the middle of it and then embarrass you because we got a good vibe going on. Let me tell you what. I was just saying to Jeff over there, like, I was getting flavors of, and this might sound, you know, contrite or whatever, but it was giving me flavors of some sort of, like, retreat in the hills somewhere where they have brand muffins, you know? And you can just sit and just like contemplate the world and its wonder. You see what I'm saying? Like if I had a place like that, I would hire him to just like be in the corner and just vibe out with like some amps and 
pedals and shit, and I would personally, like, love it. <laughs> I would be I, I would love to do that sometime you heard it here so you know the thing that I wanted to talk about is I, I realize I know you like in real life and a lot of people really most of what they know of you is your work and and maybe they might not understand how much of your soul and your spirit is in your work with tortoise and more recently, Max Brown and some of the other work that you've done and work with, you know, jazz outfits and rock outfits and all sorts of things. But I feel like when people are blessed enough to hear you solo, they really can hear your spirit. Oh. So I know you. I actually have to form that into a question to get a response. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about why you decided to do this as a solo project and what you hoped people would get out of it. Okay. Well, I lived in Chicago for 22 years before I moved. I mean, I, I live in uh, Los Angeles now. I, had, I never uh, had any real aspirations to do a a solo project but when I first moved to LA um, I didn't know anybody so like and people weren't really like calling me to do stuff around there so like I found some guys I knew who had a rehearsal space for their band they rehearsed at night but in the days it was vacant so like I don't know I gave them whatever a hundred bucks a month and they would kind of just let me go in there and practice uh during the days and I kind of uh, I came up with a repertoire of stuff um, you know I didn't really have any gear out there all I had was like my looping pedal and like an amp and like maybe a delay pedal and I just kind of started to uh, experiment with that stuff and I um, I mean, basically, I would just kind of, like, loop shit and make these kind of beds of sound, and I would improvise over it. I would just kind of try and create these sonic environments for me to uh, kind of run around in, I guess, you know. I mean, that's kind of the only way I could put it. Like, once I figured out that I could do that, I had an idea that I would create these kind of, like, sound palettes and like have other other people improvise over them and I kind of I, uh, like Martina Roberts came over to my house one day and we played for like a couple of hours would be doing that and I did a record with um, Rob Mazurik for uh, the label Rogart the French label which kind of hints at that but then after a while I figured out that I could just do it and like I could be the person to improvise over it. So it kind of feels like I'm uh, living in two worlds where I'd kind of make this ambient stuff and then like I could kind of like insert myself into it. 
that's such a great way of describing it. That's exactly what, for me, what it sounds like. Um, the atmosphere for me is so beautiful, but then on top of it, you're literally speaking in tongues with the guitar, <laughs> you know? Right. And all of the things that you have to say are so riveting. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful, beautiful work. Oh, and thank you. It's really easy to sort of lose yourself in it. Yeah, I mean, that's how it feels when I'm doing it. I mean, I'm like kind of... It feels weirdly like self-indulgent in a way. I mean, I have a garage at my place, and we've, I've kind of converted it into a home studio. And... Uh, I invited my friend Graham Gibson, who's a really great engineer, to just come over and uh, I just kind of improvised and played songs for a couple days, and uh, and he captured it. So it's a, it's actually, I mean, the album. I mean, it's just like 40 minutes, but I mean, I'm sure there's like hours of the stuff. I mean, because I just played for a couple days and just kind of filtered it down into something else. You know, pull on a thread that you said. You were talking about how it's self-indulgent. I mean, like, this isn't me hating, but I think a lot of music is sort of self-indulgent in the sense that it's music <laughs> created, right? As a personal outlet, like, for yourself. And I know we've had this discussion multiple times. You actually think about the listener yeah. and their experience and what you want them to be doing when you're maybe not in a creepy way, but what you think they might <laughs> be doing, how they might utilize your music because of the way that you use music, like that you respect and that you love. Do you really think that it's self-indulgent? Because I feel like, this is just my thought, and I feel like if we took a poll of this crowd, they would agree that you giving this to us, even just the 40 minutes, is such a gift in this moment, in this time. Oh. Yes. So thank you for that. Oh. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. You know, we've got to talk about, because who would we be if we didn't? we got to talk about crate digging. You guys don't know this, but <laughs> he is a serious crate digger. Like, serious, serious. If you heard the JP Beats album, that gives you an idea of sort of his beat-making background. But beyond that, like, remember we, we had this conversation about that Miracles record? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like really deep in the cut. What have you been listening to, like, sort of kind of prepping for this tour and what would you recommend for people to listen to in terms of some of the albums like old school albums you've been into recently uh, I mean one of the coolest things I picked up recently um, and you might you know you might know it is uh, this album by the moments that they did uh Live at the uh, New York State Women's yes, Prison. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That record is so dope. It's insane. I'm an ever-loading wheel Out of destination wheel 
Just heavy that it was recorded at this prison, but then just the the level that they're playing at. Right. So I actually did an episode of my show Reclaimed Soul about um, different live albums that recorded that were recorded at prisons, and believe it or not, you can do a whole show about that because there are so many of them, and wow. not just Johnny Cash. I mean, like. B.B. <laughs> King did two of them right. here in Chicago. You know, there's that one, which just to hear these women scream for the moments. Right. I mean, they are <laughs> screaming like they have never screamed for a woman or a man or whoever in their whole life. That's how excited they were to have them sing. Yeah, I think a lot about that, and I don't want to go way off topic, but you knew this was going to happen. I think when you listen to those records, you wonder why that's not happening now. I mean, we're talking about prison reform, and we're thinking about what the purpose of prison is. Like, why wouldn't they, like, enrich people's lives? Sure. If you want them to be rehabilitated and be productive members of society, like, a part of that is treating people like human beings. Yes, absolutely. Yes. This isn't about me, though. This is about him. Like, what <laughs> other records are you doing? Because I'm always curious because he really has excellent taste in records. And I'm low key, just if I don't have it, I'm just like. <laughs> I've been so busy just with uh, making a lot of stuff, I haven't had a chance to like. listen to a lot I mean one I mean I just bought uh, I mean I'm kind of late to the game on this is I just first I just bought the uh, the the whatnots first uh, yeah is it the one the ice cream or is it the other one because there's one with like uh, the ice cream anyway yeah go ahead I mean I actually just got that and I haven't even really had a chance to listen to Mm -hmm. it yet Um, I mean I'm still like my kind of main thing I'm always checking out is a lot of like jazz from the seventies. That's like my favorite uh kind of lost era of of jazz. Um like where I don't know, I mean people say fusion, but it's just more it was kinda like before shit got kind of crazy in the 80s and like throwback kind of conservative with the uh, Young Lion movement but the like kind of improvising musicians using technology and like uh, taking more contemporary sounds and like just mixing everything up and just kind of making this like cool cool stuff with it. I mean, I find that music really inspiring. I know I put you on the spot. I should have asked you. <laughs> That's my bad, you guys. It plus it's live, so, you know, awkward silence. But while you think about that, we'll put a pin in that one. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, speaking about influences, there was 
a lot of, in this record, there's a lot of different influences that I picked up on. One thing in particular, I was listening to My Ideal. I'm not familiar with that song. I know it's a cover, but the vibe I was getting was very, almost like Ink Spots doo-wop-y. Like that, oh, was sure. the, that was the phrasing that I was getting. liked it it's uh, um it's an old old standard i mean the most the the version that i know the most is uh by the great trumpet player kenny dorm that he did on this album called quiet kenny um and i kind of learned it from off of that uh the lyrics are like you know it's as uh my ideal it's like a person like wondering if they'll ever find their ideal mate that's what the lyrics are about (laughs) is there such a thing (laughs) (laughs) but it's not about me we're we're talking about we're talking about this um the other thing that is beautiful about this record is yeah like i said this atmospheric quality the fact that you can literally put it on and it sort of it embeds itself into your life and like I mentioned one of the things we've talked about in the past is about how sometimes you do think about how people would listen to this record like what do you imagine folks will I don't want to say be doing because that's creepy but like how people will experience it and how people will you know like what? What is the vibe? Because you like, I don't want to say vacuuming, but like what? <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, I mean, I listen to music in a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm sure like everyone else, you know. Sometimes I'll just put shit on and do stuff around the house, you know. Um, sometimes I'll listen to music to study it and kind of like really like uh, try and absorb what's happening. So I can work it into whatever thing I'm working on, you know. I mean, I'm a student of music, like, probably more than anything else. I expect most people who listen to music to not really have... not really know what's happening with it in a technical sense you know I mean and that's the way whenever I present my music to people I'm trying to communicate with the audience and the listeners you know I don't I'm not I'm trying to communicate with those people you know I mean I I like people to listen to it to kind of just enhance whatever they're doing in their everyday I mean if you're driving around you're stuck in traffic and it can be cool, you know. Might, but if you choose to listen to it and pick it apart and appreciate it, 
there's actually shit there too, you know. Metadata. Right. Just like stuff. <laughs> and the layers of things. Um, the other thing that I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, um, because I know there's a bunch of people in the house who actually want to know about this. Word on the street says that y'all tortoise people are working on something. Is that real? Or is that, did I, was I incorrect yeah. in that? Or <laughs> That is true. The band started to uh, work on um, a new recording uh, I unfortunately had to cancel at the last minute, um, but yes, there is another thing in motion, and I'll kind of catch up later. I mean, we, the band, I mean, just with uh, whatever everybody's dealing with now, I mean, it's kind of, people are used to doing things, kind of cobbling things together, you know, uh, but yeah. There's definitely a new a new tortoise thing is is in motion. Because mm. I know I'm probably gonna say something that is going to like, it's gonna get back to people and then it's gonna be taboo or whatever. But I remember when it was one of those situations where it was like, "Are you Wilco or tortoise?" And I was <laughs> always tortoise. Like if I had to pick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I got, you know, fox trot and all that. Wonderful. But, like, if you had to pick one, it's like Rolling Stones or Beatles, but, like, 90s Chicago. Jeff Parker versus Jeff Tweed. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I just, I want to go on the record and say that. You know? But the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you were, you were talking about being, having to, like, how it's really more challenging now than it has in years past to kind of just get a group together. I mean, is that kind of, you, you mentioned that that's sort of also part of why you recorded as a solo. Do you think that it's freeing, I guess maybe it's the question, to do something solo and not be dependent on, in some cases, because obviously it's great to ping off of other people, like that's its own reward, but is it freeing to just be sort of pinging things off of yourself. Yeah, it is. It uh, definitely. Um, it kind of took me a, a, a way to, uh, or a, a while to kind of find my way into playing solo. Um, you know, one of my biggest uh, inspirations is, is Monk. I mean, he's like a big, super big influence on my music. Um, and I I listened to a lot a lot of his uh, his solo recordings. Well, I mean, I guess I'll preface it because as a guitarist, there's like a lot of pressure, like to, in solo guitar, like to make this kind of virtuosic stuff, like Joe Pass or like Ted Green, like these people who like whose things are super virtuosic and like over arranged mm -hmm. and like and I just wanted to like figure out uh, my thing within that
people might look at it as like a weird cop out to use like looping pedals and stuff and play solo. So, so I wanted to figure out a way to make it seem like uh, into something completely different, you know. Uh, kind of took a lot of trial and error. Um, but mostly, I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to make uh, something unique, I guess. Well, I think you succeeded in that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> talking about sort of the loops and sort of the, the washes of sound that are the beds underneath your solos. Like one of the things I love about the way that you play like solo stuff is that it isn't overwrought. You know what I'm saying? Like it's obviously technically beautiful, but what it reminds me of is sort of like one of those like happy accident taverns that you walk into that old dude's in the back with like a bourbon and he's just like on a stool and he's playing like his life essentially. like miraculously find that. Now I'm not comparing you to say, oh, he's playing like an old dude. What I'm saying <laughs> is you and I both are fans of sort of like that soul jazz guitar oh, idiom. Yeah. Like we've talked about Freddie Robinson and some of the sort of undersung people. It isn't just Grant Green, everybody. It isn't just Wes Montgomery. Oh, God bless all of them, but there's a long list of folks. Um, but yeah, I think you're bringing that in, like it's, you're swinging, like you're constantly like in that groove, even when you're like far out and psychedelic, like you always tether back to it, which I appreciate. I don't know. This is just like an appreciation post. I just <laughs> really appreciate this record, and I, I can't, I can't overemphasize how grateful I am that you gave this to us. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Ayanna. Thank you. So I guess to wrap things up, I did want to touch on. This isn't like a good ending or anything, but I did want to touch on. You mentioned Monk, and you did a cover of Ugly Beauty. Um, tell me about why you chose that particular one, too. Uh, I didn't, well, I mean, to be honest, I didn't actually, I just played it. I mean, like I said, it was kind of, uh, we had, like, a, <laughs> like I, had, I had recorded stuff for a couple days, and I was just kind of like, the tape was rolling, and like, I just kind of played it. Uh, I mean, I always loved that tune. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> not, but I do think that's out. indicative of the whole thing. Like, it just came out of you. Not to say that you're obviously not an extremely talented, like, well-studied person. But I, when I hear this, when I heard this record for the first time and the second time and the third time and the fourth time, what I heard was you. I heard your spirit on the record, and it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I asked Jeff about the title of the album, Four Folks, and another cover on the album, this one that comes from deep in Jeff Parker's recorded music catalog. Yeah, that song I wrote, uh, well, I I recorded it first on, uh, there's a great drummer in town named Ted Sirota, and uh, he has a band called The Rebel Souls. And the first Rebel Souls album, uh, I did four folks on that. Yeah, it's a lot different than the one on Ted's record. Right on. No, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna fangirl today, so I'll fangirl later. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.